Hello ladies and gentlemen, today I would like to present to you the conclusion of season 2 of the CM Hossex Worldview podcast. But before I get into that, if you enjoy my content and what I've provided so far, consider making a donation. Viewer support allows creators like me to be independent and produce for you full time. You can find the links to donate in the description or on my website www.cmhostak.com. Thank you, and let's get back to the show. Where I, Sam Hosnack, go over different primary ideas that shape my worldview. Season 1 being the primary 10 ideas that shape my worldview. And Season 2 was primarily about identity. So when we think about Season 1, we think about what are the primary ideas that shape my worldview? And how do these ideas affect how I see the world? And after season one, I had a bonus episode, not of season one, but just a bonus episode of the podcast where I interviewed Tom Holdes, my friend, um, to talk about investing the war with China, politics, and other things. I even talked a little bit about politics in season one, my political views and what I think of politics in general. So season two was about identity, the sense of self. This topic will be revisited throughout many episodes and seasons of the podcast, and it will get its own dedicated season later on in this show. Though with, after I talked about the primary ideas that shape my worldview, I wanted to talk about my, my ideas about identity because the 10 primary ideas that shape my worldview had a lot to do with my identity, how I saw myself, how I saw other people and how I saw the world. So I thought, why not make season two, 10 episodes about identity? So in the first episode of season two, we talked about why I'm a loner, why I'm a hermit. I'm no longer a hermit as of now, though we talked about why I was for some period of time. And it's because being alone is where I'm most understood. And being with other people, it's where I'm understood even better in certain circumstances. And how time management is a big deal to me. Time management, managing my experiences to make sure that I'm having the right experience is crucial. So being a loner is ideal for that. Or even just being single, whether you're a man or a woman, being single is ideal for managing your experience. Because when you're in a relationship, you're in a certain exchange where the man provides psychological security, physiological security, and financial security. The woman provides regular sex, domestic upfront companionship, and potentially children. And there's other sub-dynamics to that where uh, the man has to be on game face all the time and ready to deal with life's hardships. And the woman has to be willing to deal with a failing man or a successful man and help around the areas she's meant to in the agreements of the relationship and the man is meant to help her in the agreement of the relationship. 
And being single is much easier than being in a relationship. Assuming that you're not relying on a partner, a romantic partner for financial gain. You're not relying on a partner to have a place to live. You're not relying on a partner to have a retirement. You're not relying on a partner to have education. I would assume women rely more on men in terms of those because they could divorce a man if they marry him and get an education. They could they could get more from a man than a man can get from a woman in today's Western matriarchal culture. We're not in an official matriarchy, but we are in a pseudo-matriarchy. And women can get away with false accusations of rape and other things like domestic violence uh, very easily if the man is not astute to this dynamic. And men are not as likely to get away with these things, and I don't know why. But nonetheless, whether you're a man or a woman being single, you're able to manage your time and your habits much better because you're not having the influence of somebody else and their habits, whether it's smoking pot all the time or eating fast food all the time or what have you, you're able to have a healthier life without a partner. So that's what season two, episode one was about, why I'm a loner. It's about having a healthier lifestyle. It's about having a safer lifestyle. It's about um, being able to be in control of my life at all times without having an exchange and an influence with another party. Not to say I couldn't handle that. It's, it's just about finding the right fit. And that goes for either man or woman. It's about finding the right compatible relationship. And with my critique of the current culture in the West, though I do believe it favors women, I'm not saying high-value relationships between high-value men and high-value women cannot exist. I'm not saying that by any means. I'm saying that it's going to take time to find someone on a compatible path with you. Because if you're both not on the same path, it's going to be rather difficult to keep the exchange going, thus keeping the relationship, putting it in as simplistic terms as I can, as complex and social as relationships are. Which I do plan to date again in the future, by the way. With a woman who is on a compatible path with me and may have her differences, though willing to... Um, have a relationship and potentially a family. So then season two, episode two, I talked about being high value in terms of social standing, what it takes for be a man to have high value because women start at the top because they're born with beauty and fertility. I'm not saying they're born straight out of the womb with fertility, but they eventually become fertile and the peak um, best years of a woman's life is her late teens to early 20s before the age of 25. And for a man, he has to become something. And that's why young men are out-dominated by men who are well-established in their older ages with women at parties. It's happened to me. And I've done it to other men. I'm sorry, but it's true. And so to be high value, it's going to differ for men and women. And for men, it's about being your best financial self, physical self, and mental self. For women, it's going to be more about mental self and physical self. 
men don't really care if a woman is confident or not. Men don't really care if a woman has a lot of money or not. We don't really care about that. We just care if she's fertile and she looks really good and she's cooperative. That's all we really care about. So in terms of the wellness model, me diagnosing it, that, that's what I've determined. Also based off the feedback of every man in my life. So to be high value, to be a woman, it's going to be different things. To be a man, it's going to be different things. For men, it's going to be being a leader, if they're masculine. And for women, it's going to be feminine, submissive, and cooperative, if they're a feminine female. Looking in terms of the masculine-feminine energy dynamic. So being high value is going to mean being different for men and women. And for, for men, I think men should pursue excellence instead of women at a young age. And for women, I think that they should pursue men at a young age, the most excellent and idealistic man they can get um, in terms of what they can provide, the three exchanges that I talked about earlier. In season two, episode three, we talked about lessons from be from being an executive assistant. I talked about what the rich taught me with their lifestyle and how they use their money and how they view money. And I talked about the luxuries they were able to provide me when I was working for them. And that was a brief uh, career turn I took. My ideal career is being a coach with my mentor, Drew. Focusing on things from a humanitarian and socioeconomic perspective. As well as diet and exercise. And lifestyle. My side gigs I'm working on is book writing, music, and potentially video projects. Maybe a webinar of some sort. So, why why did I leave the executive assistant job? It's because it was it was taking too much time away from what I wanted to do with my time, and time is a finite resource. It's the most valuable resource you have, and I'm not the type of person to care if I make myself out of something or not. I just care if I use my time in terms of excellence, like excelling at something. And I didn't really want to excel at real estate. I wanted to excel at music. I wanted to excel at webinars. I wanted to excel at book writing. I wanted to excel at a newsletter. I wanted to excel at typology-based coaching with the Manchurian Socionics in mind. So those were the reasons. I, I chose my, my ideal lifestyle over... A very realistic and feasible lifestyle and podcasting is a part of my lifestyle too I really enjoy posting episodes recording episodes and posting episodes of what I think about the world and what my philosophy on life is so real being a executive assistant in real estate that would be the dream job for somebody else or anybody who's interested in getting their feet wet in business for me it just wasn't that um, I have nothing against the real estate industry, and I'm open to having this position again if it were ever to become open. Um, though I would say that um, learning how the rich view money and learning how the rich use money played a very significant impact on how I view the world. 
because from a very young age, I was growing up with the ideas of the rich are bad and the poor are good when it's really not that dynamic. The, that, the dynamic is the rich made specific choices with their time and lives in order to pursue excellence as well as making money and the poor decided that they're going to go with what they want to do which are a variety of different things from pursuing their own projects like me or simply working a full-time job because that's the most feasible thing they can think of there's a lot of dynamics and statics to this there's a lot of different ways to view the rich and poor the haves and have-nots um, I highly disadvise seeing things as a us versus them mentality. I highly disadvise that uh, because that's just simply not reality. The poor can become rich and the rich can become poor. Um, they're not mutually exclusive. So um, working for the rich for a brief period of my time really helped me understand money a lot better. That was the whole point of Season 2, Episode 3. Though I wanted to share with you more nuances from that experience. Season 2, Episode 4, The Buffet of Life, the number one episode that basically nobody liked. Um, the Buffet of Life was supposed to be an analogy about how truth can be found anywhere and everywhere, and it's up to us to use our discernment to determine what actual reality is, assuming that we're able to do that. Uh, so whether you're a feminist or you're red-pilled or you're this or you're that, you're Republican, you're, cons you're conservative, you're Democrat, you're liberal, you know, look, look for what is true where you can and explore that avenue. That was the whole point of the episode. Season 2, Episode 5 was on books and writing. I talked about how you should um, read any and every book you can get your hand on that is appealing to you. And I completely stand by this. This is going to be the hill that I die upon. Because we time is a finite resource. And it's always fleeting. Time is always fleeting. Even reading your favorite fiction book is more valuable than reading some technical book on a subject you're not interested in. I think it's important to only read books that you have interest in, whether they're fiction or nonfiction, because that's not just going to improve your understanding of the world, it's going to improve your experience in the here and now. And your sense of self is what's arguably most important in terms of your experience and your endeavors. So reading the fiction and nonfiction books you find interesting, whether you like them or not, that is such a better use of your time than reading books you have no interest in, no real interest in, because then you're creating a fake you, and that's going to be detrimental to your sense of self and your work ethic and what you do. Um, so make sure that whatever you, whatever book you read, you actually have an interest in it. And if someone suggests a book to you that you're not interested in, you're more than welcome to try it, but don't, don't pretend you like it. That's, that's the deal right there. You know, it's like, you can be recommended a book you might not like, 
And if you read it and you actually like it, tell them you like it. If you don't actually like it, say it's just not really your thing. You know, life is too short to waste on books that you're not fond of. Life is too short for that. You know, it's much more fulfilling to say that you've read a bunch of books that you like, whether they're fiction or nonfiction, than to say you've read a bunch of technical books or whatever they may be, even fiction books, and say, oh yeah, I enjoyed these, and when you really didn't, fucking poser, get out of here. Season 2, Episode 6, When Greeted with Defeat. This is my most popular episode in the podcast to this day. 11-14-2021. What is there to say about it? I wrote, I, I wrote and spoke about a podcast where we get greeted with defeat and all the different dynamics of that. How we should go about fixing them. And what to do in the very worst case scenario. I'm glad people loved it. I'm glad people liked it. I'm very proud of that podcast. I'm proud of all of mine. And I'm not just most proud of this podcast because most people liked it. I'm proud of it because of the ending message. You know, just show up. I'm really proud of that. You know, I've seen that on many different stickers. I've seen that on many different tweets. I've seen that in many different places. But... You know, it's true. You just got to show up and do your thing no matter what. I love that message. You know, it's not it's not to be taken in terms of like logic, like this is literal. It's in taken to be terms of ethics, like, you know, this is the attitude we should have no matter what. And I know it's idealistic and realistic that we're always going to have that. I know that for sure. Though it truly can work as a solution to your problems. It, it truly can. It's like, well, I'm not ready to deal with this, but I'm just going to show up to it anyway. It, it's incredible. I, I just love the attitude of it. And I'm glad I ended the podcast with the attitude of that. So there's some commentary for you. Season 2, Episode 7, The High Contrast Life. I talk about how... We are one kind of person in one section of our lives, and we're a totally different person in a section of our other lives. And how life is not linear in any way. And that we're going to be taken by surprise, and that we're going to be people we never thought we could or never thought we should. We're going to go through the ringer of life and develop ourselves through trial and error. There's not much else I could say about it, though. It's a really fun episode. I had a lot of fun writing and talking about it. Season 2, Episode 8. Who We Truly Are, Plus Confession. This might be my least popular episode within the series, but I'm very proud of it. And, uh, you know, I, I talked about what are the what, what's the relationship to ourselves. I talked about... What is our relationship to others? I talked about what kind of choices we can make, who we are, and the things we don't confess. How we always have skeletons in the closet and stuff like that. I talked about my confession, which is, you know, I don't know what I'm doing or saying half the time anyway. I'm just living my life. I'm just doing what I can. And I think that if you do know what you're doing most of the time, you know, you're on track to mastery with something. Though... The times you don't know what you're doing or saying, you're 
you're moving forward in life. I think that's when you're moving forward in life because you're going from order to the unknown, the uncertainty of life. And how are you supposed to ever know what you're supposed to do or say there or what have you, you know? You know, life is for taking risks, whether you like it or not. And to to venture into the unknown is when you choose um, to move forward in life and then build an understanding of where you are and create order there. So that was the point of that episode. Season 2, Episode 9, To Be Yourself or Not To Be Yourself. I talked about how we have different parts of ourselves that will be natural and compatible with the context we're in and how we should always choose those to capitalize on opportunities that would otherwise be good for us. And I just talked about a variety of other things in the episode. It was kind of a crazy train because I had so much to say on each talking point. Uh, It's worth a listen if you haven't. You know, so to be yourself or to not be yourself, that's contextual. That's all I'm going to say on that because I think more people should listen to that episode. And I think that um, my summary of that episode cannot do it justice because that's a problem that we all face every day and we're always developing yourself in it. And then the final um, concluding episode of season two, episode 10, your story. I talked about how your story and my story give us great clarity into who we are and who we want to become. So no matter who you are and what you're doing and what you've done, your story is filled with tragedy, it's filled with happy moments, it's filled with turning points. It's It's got anything and everything you need to write a decent book about who you are. It's got everything and everything you need contextually, the good and the bad, the, the cringe and the not cringe, the... Or I should say the cringe and the socially acceptable. I should say that your story will um, be able to persuade people um, to invest in you or detract people from investing in you. And like I talked about in all the upper other episodes of this season, you know, being your natural self, it will attract the right people and detract the right people. And when we put ourselves into a more broad context where it's not one-dimensional, like your story... You know, you're going to find even better people who resonate with your story and even worse people who are detracted from your story. Like they, they, they don't want a part of it. Um, so to, to use your story, you need to understand what choices you made from the very beginning of your life to who you are now, including as an adult past the years of 18 years old in Western society and recognizes and recognize that your choices from the age of 18 to now um, are totally up to you and who you become. So no, no matter who you are in the West, like whether you were ill prepared or properly pre- or properly prepared for the independent years of your life at the age of 18 or not, um, you got choices to make, choices that can stabilize you or destabilize you. And your story is going to be very powerful uh, because it's going to not just show who you are, but it's also going to show who you want to become, for better or for worse. So those are my thoughts on identity.
those are all 10 episodes of season two are about what I think of identity. I think you can either be a social butterfly or be a loner. I think you can either be high value and seek higher or be low value and seek higher or be perfectly fine where you're at, wherever you are. You can you can learn from anybody, even people you might deem to be your enemy, whether they're the rich or they're the poor. You can learn things from anybody. You know, life is a buffet. You can take the truth you want from different sections of life and, you know, not put truths on that you don't agree with. You know, life is a buffet like that. You can choose to be a pretentious dickhead and read books that you don't really like just to appear smart to certain people. Or you could be true to yourself and, you know, relaxed and cool by reading books you do like and being open about books you don't really like. You can be greedy with defeat and make two choices, submit to it or rise above it. Your life is going to have high contrast and not any one of those moments will define you because parts of your identity are dynamic and parts of it are static. So no matter what you go through in life, you're going to become either a better you or a worse you, depending how you deal with the consequences of your choices. You know, we talked about who are we truly Plus my confession about not knowing what I'm doing or saying half the time anyway. We talked about, you know, being true to yourself contextually in the right places, timing and placing and not being true to yourself when you're just trying to impress people because you're a pretentious dickhead. We talked about your story and what it should mean to you, how it communicates who you are and how it communicates who you want to be. No matter who you are in life, you have choices to make. And those choices will be either for your betterment or your detriment. Your choices have so much to do with who you are. And this is all assuming free will exists. And that's what identity in this podcast was about. It was about what choices are you going to make to be the best self of you possible or to be the most you possible. I explored many different avenues of these subjects of the sense of self that I thought were rational enough to bring up and perhaps even irrational enough to bring up. So no matter who you are, you have choices to make. And I'm rooting for you to make the right ones. So th those, are my, those are my thoughts on identity for season two. I will happily revisit this topic in another season at some point though i think it's important that we get on to season three because i have quite a bit that i want to say in each season you know i have quite a bit i want to say in each episode so i hope you enjoyed the conclusion of season two of sam hossack's worldview i look forward to seeing you in season three no matter what happens in life give your pain a purpose